You're listening to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. Several weeks ago, we spoke with Detroit-based photojournalist Kenny Karpov from a rescue vessel in the Mediterranean Sea outside of Libya. Kenny Karpov has been documenting international efforts to rescue hundreds of people at a time off of small, insufficient boats that are making their way to a chance at a better life in Italy or Greece. Kenny's photos are at once beautiful and horrific. They depict real lives torn asunder by war and desperation. He is back in Detroit now, but plans to head back to the Mediterranean in 2017. Kenny Karpov, thanks for joining us on Detroit Today. Thank you, Stephen. Absolutely. You know, uh, um, when we talked on the phone a few weeks ago, I had this image in my mind of you uh, being on this this boat with uh, these these folks who are just sort of uh, just betwixt in between. They're sort of nowhere, and not just physically in the sense of you know in the middle of the Mediterranean, unclear whether they can get to Europe in the first place, but in a more metaphysical sense that that. Uh, you know, these are people whose lives are are affected by our policy, by other countries' policy, and they are not front of mind for so many of us here. Uh, they really are just sort of lost. No, you're correct. Um, a lot of the people, um, when they come on board, they're physically, you know, challenged. They're physically, um, they're um, like in limbo. Their mind is in limbo. Um, a lot of them, you know, are not given any sort of um, dialogue on like what is happening to them once they get on that boat. You know, they are, they are told a couple things, you know, to, you know, take the boat this way. Um, and, and pretty much, you know, one person will take the lead and steer the boat unless there's a smuggler on board, which, you know, which is, um, I mean, like that can happen. Um, yeah. But that it, it was quite rare for me to, um, to come across a smuggler. I think, I think on, on my four months off, I think we came across two people who, were smugglers on the boat, which were mainly um, Libyans. Right, right. Uh, so talk about, uh, again, for the listeners, who these people are who are leaving Libya and what they're seeking or what they think they're going to find in Europe. Yeah, so so typically um, it's northern and uh, western African countries, uh, along with um, Afghanistan, Syria, um, Libyans as well, leaving um, pretty much post-2014 under Gaddafi, you know, because it's such a lawless country now that a lot of people are now fleeing that area. Um, but yeah, I mean, like you have uh, Eritrea, um, Somalia, um, Afghanistan, like I said, Syria. They're the countries um, and the people that are mainly getting the asylum requests. Um, and then you got people that are coming from Nigeria, Niger, um, Cameroon, um, a lot of times they are not getting um, asylum. They right. are, I mean, like, and they have no idea about that at all. I mean, like, they're making this treacherous journey. And, you know, a, a, as soon as they get to the camps, then they find out, you know, yeah. and then they're told that, you know, that they're not getting asylum. Yeah. Uh, one of the things I think about uh, also with this story is, of course, the political context in which it takes place, the, the international political context and the political context here in uh, America. The, the international context, of course, is that Europe is being inundated with refugees, not just from this uh, region, but from uh, the Middle East, from Syria uh, in particular. And there is a lot of talk in European countries about 
how to deal with that uh, with that crisis with those refugees. And then, of course, our presidential election this year was largely convened around an argument about uh, refugees and immigrants. Uh, how should we respond to this humanitarian crisis? How should we put it in the context of uh, our desire to sort of escape uh, terrorists and, and things like that? Um, when you're out there, though, in the Mediterranean on the boats with them, does that political context ever sort of intrude in, into, the, into the thinking of what's going on or, or the discussions? Yeah, completely. Um, I mean, that happens all the time out there, especially for, um, for me as a photographer. I mean, because like, I spend so much time with these people and I photograph them and I, and I record their stories. And, you know, so hearing, you know, what, you know, like what they've been through traveling from Nigeria to Libya and then sort of, you know, the torture that, you know, has been inflicted on them, you know, in Libya. And then sort of taking this, you know, this sort of treacherous journey again, you know, with the med, you know, you think about, okay, you know, like what do we need to do to have a safe and legal passage for these people? You know, what is it, what is it going to take to maybe, maybe reunite um, families, you know, who are already at a camp, you know, like, you know, like that needs to be taken care of. There needs to be like an ease in sort of bringing these families together. Right. There needs to be more um, more humanitarian visas given out. Like there has not been that many given out at all. And obviously with like the EU and like Turkey deal, you know, no one has taken the Aegean route anymore. So now you see this, this massive influx um, over into the Mediterranean. And we're seeing like literally 60 to 70% more people are taking this route. 60% more people are dying because of this route. Yeah. And nothing is going to change unless these EU countries all come together and, and like get a safe passage going. Like yeah. that is the only way this is going to stop. Because yeah. like I said, like we're seeing more and more people. I mean, there's been 300 and I think it's 370,000 people have made the journey so far this wow. year. And close to 4,000 have perished. Almost four thousand because they're because they're making it in boats that maybe probably yeah they're dinghies I mean they're pass. absolutely these these small little dinghies and and and, and you know the, um the smugglers when they take them down to the shore you know I mean they don't have anything a lot of these people they have nothing you know so sometimes you know um they'll give them a map or a compass and that's it but you know they t um and and plus like uh, the gasoline they give them you know it it's only good for a couple miles you know and so then you're stranded yeah you're stranded in the middle of uh... Of the med, and then you know, I mean, it, it's not a very welcoming sea yeah. at all. I mean, like it, it, it's a very, it's a very dark place to be. Yeah. Especially, you know, they send everyone off, you know, a little at midnight, a little past midnight, I should say, and a lot of these people have never seen the water, let alone been in the water. Wow, you know, so it's it's really hard, you know, for them as well, but it's really difficult for these NGOs to calm these people down because you know they don't know who we are sometimes. Yeah. You know? This is Detroit Today on uh, 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. My guest is Detroit-based photojournalist Kenny Karpov. Uh, he has been uh, working in the Mediterranean Sea documenting refugees from North Africa who are trying to get to Italy or Greece. It is part of the larger refugee crisis uh, that exists in that region of the world. Uh, Kenny is back in Detroit now, but plans to head back to the Mediterranean in 2017, and he's joining us in studio right now. Kenny, I want to ask you about your specific work here. You're a photographer, so you're documenting this uh, through pictures. Um, talk about the way 
you shoot this kind of thing. Uh, I mean, as a journalist, I know that uh, depending on the circumstances of the thing that you are covering, the thing that you are trying to tell the story about, uh, you approach it in in different ways. And this is one of the most sort of hypersensitive uh, circumstances I can think of in which to try to go and tell somebody's story. Yeah, um, I mean, like my approach, I would say, is with um, is with anything I've photographed in the past. Um, in the past, it's just it's just being very sensitive to your surroundings, and obviously, you know, like this is this took me completely out of my comfort zone. I mean, I've I've never photographed anything like this in the past, but so, some of my previous work has gotten me up to the point where I'm able to do this, and and being over there, I mean, I, I approached it in a way. Or you know, I, I I wanted to tell the most honest, um, like portrayal of the of these individuals' lives. Mm-hmm. You know, just from like from like leaving leaving Cameroon, Nigeria, Niger, and then coming to Libya, and then you know asking them, you know, like okay, how many months did you spend in Libya, and then sort of detailing that story, um, and then you know, sort of like why they take this risk. You know, um, do they have, um, do they know other people who have taken this risk? You know, do they understand the risks right. um, of taking this? And a lot of them had no idea that it's this vast, you know, open sea. You know, I mean, like they're told that, you know, they're, you know, um, it's going to take three to four hours to get to land, which in across. fact it takes three to four days yeah. if you actually take that dinghy. Which that dinghy would never make it to Sicily in the Mediterranean. It would overturn in like in a couple miles yeah. actually if they kept going. Um, but yeah, it's um, it's just it's just being very welcoming. It's um. It's just approaching them and talking to them and making sure that they understand, you know, that this this is not like a news story. This is to document their lives and right. tell these and tell your story so people can hopefully take action. Because um, I mean, in the states, like this story is, I mean, it's been buried so many times. It, it, you know? it is one of the more uh, confounding sort of issues, I think, for, to, to talk to people about. Yeah, uh, the 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 reasons that they think people become refugees in the first place are all over the map uh, yeah. and and often inaccurate uh, but oh, then completely inaccurate. but I then think, the motivation right uh, yeah. the the idea that uh, that people who are refugees want to come and do harm or uh, yeah they're who, terrorists right. yeah they're all terrorists I on mean, that boat and we're helping them bring them to America right I mean, it's not. a really peculiar notion when you think about the fact that almost all of these people are fleeing someplace yeah, they're fleeing conflict. They're, they're fleeing, fleeing the violence. Conflict, right. Yeah, they're fleeing war. They're fleeing a civil war. I mean, look at look at where Aleppo is right now. You know, like we're gonna see more and more until like this stops. Yeah. Until they get a safe passage for these people, which I don't know what that's gonna take for the EU. Yeah. You know, I mean, because a lot of these countries do not want to deal with this problem. They want to sweep it under the ground. Yeah. And that's the same thing with the U.S. Here. You know, there might be like a a like twenty second snip on like the nightly news. You know, <laughs> and but it's usually talking about, you know, the boat overturning and how many people were lost, you know, like 10 kids and, you know, a couple of families were lost, you know, like, but they're not, they're not telling the bigger picture of what's really happening out there. They're not like telling the stories of what these people are going through. So people have this like small notion of what's really happening and like, but there's nothing like really in the way of like long form sort of journalism in about that. this subject yeah. at all. And, and like, that's what that's how I felt what I was doing. Because um, when I was living in New York, working for the New York Times, I was just fed up with the assignments I was working for them. I did not like 
the assignments. I wasn't feeling challenged anymore. And I just quit. Like I, I dropped everything, sold everything, and then went abroad. Like, yeah. because I knew there was something more and there was something that I wanted to help. I wanted to tell that story, you know? Uh, you are planning some shows of your work here in Detroit. Uh, are you are you in a position to be able to tell us uh, where that will be or when that will be? Uh, yeah, I'm actually working with uh, WDET um, on a Framed By series mm-hmm. um, with my collaborator, um, Amanda King. Um, she's a great journalist from the Detroit area. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to be doing um, some photographs and um, some audio stories on searing resettlement um, individuals um, in the metro Detroit area. And then I'm going to combine that with the work I did um, overseas with with other Syrian stories and sort of bring it all together full circle. And that'll be um, at Gallery Camille in Midtown, uh, either in June or July. We're still working updates. Um, but And then I'm taking that, that exhibition on the road. Um, I have two exhibitions in New York um, after that. And then I have one in Washington, D.C. as well. That'll yeah. be going up. So. And, and when will you head back uh, to the Mediterranean? Um, I'm thinking probably sometime in April or May. Um, that's when usually um, the NGOs um, actually head back out. A lot of them have. A lot of them are now um, ported back in their country of origin. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm hoping to head back out with the Boat Refugee Foundation, which is a Dutch organization, um, and they typically head out like late April, early May. Um, so I would like to at least do. Um, maybe two to four missions out there. Because yeah. um, I, I, I would love to gather a little bit more intel um, and stories and definitely put a book together as okay. well. All right. Kenny Karpoff, Detroit-based photojournalist, uh, working to document the refugee crisis uh, in Northern Africa and in Europe. Thanks very much for being here. Thank you, Stephen. Absolutely. All right, up next, uh, there's a new energy proposal in Lansing. We're going to talk about it, hear from both sides of the issue next. Stay with us on Detroit Today.